Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree. And a guy who knows how to work a DVD player. Talk to you about movies. This week in our Brownie Bites news episode, we give you a heads up on the price hike coming to Netflix, a supposed rumor about Jaws Whedon, and then we have a lot of trailers to talk about, including The Conjuring, a new film from George Clooney, and the return of Michael Myers. All that on this episode of Brownie Points. Hello, everybody. Happy Halloween, and welcome to another Brownie Bites episode. Here, longtime listeners know this, we never jump right into the reviews. We like to dive a little bit into the entertainment world and just kind of see what's going on in the news. Like always, a lot of trailers dropped, a lot of interesting stories to talk about this week. We are not lacking in them like we have before. The first story that we want to bring to your attention is here in the next couple days. This beer. <laughs> <laughs> here in the next couple days, Netflix is set to have a- another price hike. That's right, guys. Netflix is right raising their prices on two of their most popular uh, streaming options. Uh, I'll break down the three that I wrote. Uh, I only had three that they were talking about in the article I was reading. The first one is the most popular. It's the two people can watch at the same time in high definition. It's going to go from $12.99 to $13.99, which is an 8% bump. And then Dear the God. And then the premium tier, which is four people streaming at the same time in up to 4K. So this one has 4K. The two stream option that I just read doesn't have 4K. That option is going from $15.99 to $17.99. And then the bottom of the barrel, the super basic Netflix, which is one person watching, and it only is in standard definition. It doesn't even have 1080p. That's going to be staying at $8.99. So, yeah, just a heads up, guys. Uh, If you, for some reason, quit Netflix and are just about to sign up, you're definitely going to be paying the price hike and... If everybody else, uh, it said it just is going to depend on where you are in the billing cycle. So you may have seen it already. If not, you're just about to. So yeah, Nick, <laughs> Nick, just a heads up. We're all going to be paying a little bit more for Netflix. But uh, yeah, it's not it's not it's not that they haven't done this before. There's actually this chart. Uh, I got this article from Variety since 2014. There's been one, two, three, four, five price hikes. We actually just had a price hike back in January when Standard went from 10.99 to 12.99, Premium went from 13.99 to 15.99. And they all say that this is to help stay competitive and bring the most popular content that they can for all of us. I I honestly would not be surprised if this was to help cover like boosting their I don't know the technical words for it, but like their mainframe and their servers and everything like that, based on how much people are hunkered down and staying home and streaming, com- like compared to normal now. That's an interesting I theory. I I do that, wonder. That really doesn't surprise me. Well, right yeah. Now, well, yeah, especially like the last one I just read. They just had a price hike in January. I doubt they were planning on doing this again this year, but um, it's been reported also that all the loans that they've taken out to to pump out their programming because if you haven't noticed there's a new show on netflix almost every other day so it's been reported that they were taking loans up to like those emails are getting annoying we've added a new show or a new movie that we think you'd find funny dude if it's they've... not if it's not tom segura or burt kreischer putting out a new comedy special please don't tell me Dude, they've they've spent billions. Also, if it is them putting one out, don't tell me because I know from their podcast that when it's coming out. <laughs> Dude, Netflix has spent literally billions, not millions, on content. They have they are technically so in debt. It's kind of amazing that they're still operating the way they are. I don't know. You're so broke. It's incredible. I don't know how it, how all the intricacies of that work. I just yeah, I'm not surprised that there's another price hike. I just two in one year that's what's shocking to me and 
felt compelled to let you all know that this is happening. I don't know about international markets, by the way. I know we have international listeners. It didn't really dive, the article I read didn't dive deep into that, but if it's across the board, yeah, guys, just heads up. You're, we're all about to be paying a little bit more for Stranger Things Season 4 and other This is the worst thing to happen in 2020. Oh, yeah, easily, easily. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we... The day we're taping this, we're three days out from the election. I can't imagine the results of that are going to be more traumatizing than this, you know? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making a statement. <laughs> well, onward. Like, like, you will, like you will hear in one of our reviews this week, I very much do not care about politics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, onward to the next story. Uh, this, was a real, <laughs> this was a really interesting story that uh, I found. Uh, Apple TV, who has relatively been quiet in acquisitions uh, to keep up with the streaming wars, let's call them, uh, they're putting out all their own content. They haven't really bought much other than uh, Greyhound, the Tom Hanks film that we did back in July, and um, a movie that we may or may not be watching relatively soon. Uh, (laughs) But they allegedly offered uh, MGM $350 to $400 million dollars for the rights to 007 no time to die but it was turned down because mgm supposedly wanted somewhere around 650 to potentially even 800 million dollars to cover their cost for producing the movie nick you have any thoughts on this or reactions to this enormous bid for the movie (laughs) If it was a movie that wasn't as, like, a cornerstone of Hollywood, like, that franchise is such a cornerstone to Hollywood, I think they have a shot. Like, if it's if it's a James Bond ripoff spy thriller, you got a shot. The problem is you went for the Golden Goose, and that's, I would say that's why they would demand such a high price tag. Like, it's, it's like going to like St. Elmo's Steakhouse in Indianapolis and being like, I want a $5 steak. They're probably going to tell you to leave. We didn't set the price tag. No. (laughs) It it was always burning since the world's been turning. Who lit our price tags on fire? Oh, dear God, there's no way out this building. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's like a funeral, like procession version of the song. It's like, uh, uh. (laughs) someone's like i'm depressed but happy (laughs) we would definitely stop talking about olive garden too if we had elmos in our corner so (laughs) (laughs) i would do an elmo impression all the time (laughs) the number is 72 ounce steak (laughs) MGM wants seven hundred million dollars. <laughs> stop tickling Elmo! Stop tickling Elmo! I said stop tickling Elmo! <laughs> Sorry, headphone users. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I guess my reaction to this is, um, I guess similar to oh, yours. Oh yeah, we like, had a point. Yeah, <laughs> my my reaction to this it was, um, holy crap. I mean, if anybody's got enough money to offer for no time to die, it makes sense that Apple would do it. Um, just given the exclusivity of, like, the Apple brand and calling a 007 film an Apple movie, like, as it would be rebranded as an Apple original. But, uh, but no, given... Uh, you made a very, very fair point. The fact that uh, it is such a uh, an established theatrical brand... Um, it makes sense that it would be he- the, 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 that MGM would be hesitant on that front. But but the, the other thing, too, you're Apple. You can afford to pay whatever they want. Well, yeah, no. But you're you're as close to be you're close to like Disney levels of rich. Oh, yeah. No, if they wanted to if they if they felt compelled, they could easily pay the seven, eight million dollars for the or hundred million dollars for the movie. But um, MGM setting the bar that high. That also makes sense, really, because... Apple TV, I got an idea I can sell you for $400 million if you want it. It's a podcast uh, <laughs> about a guy that has a film degree and a guy that doesn't have to work a DVD player. Oh, dude. I'm kidding. We will never sell out. 
Oh, getting bought ever. Out. Getting bought out's the American dream now, though. We should we instead of this, we should have just developed an app and got bought out by Google. <laughs> it's an app, and it's just me screaming Olive Garden. Dude, somebody would buy that. I, I, I I'm certain. Uh, Family doesn't count. <laughs> uh, but no, anyway, the uh, but MGM setting the bar like that high. Um, the other point that makes sense not just like i was saying it's a, it's an established brand but to cover their cost of making the movie like obviously this movie was probably a 200 million dollar production at least if not maybe like 150 but then when you add the uh the the marketing on top of that mgm doesn't want to take a loss on this even if it's a minuscule loss like because that's still like a minuscule loss relative to this size like it's still probably like a hundred to hundred fifty million dollars. They don't, because the streaming revenue from Apple um, would give them some of that back, but not that much back. Like, so it makes sense. Like, just keep holding out. Like, you've already been holding out this long, and supposedly, like, I mean, not to get into the politics, but supposedly, like, now they're saying a cure could come in January. But I, I get it. Like, you want this is a big deal for MGM. Because if you haven't noticed, MGM doesn't put out that many movies. Yeah, so. it's it. This is this is MGM's like only way of getting money. They, that's the other thing too. If you went after a studio that had a bigger footprint, yeah, maybe they could be like, eh, whatever. But like, this is like this it, company's only thing, right? And I mean, they are they are sharing the burden with Universal. So Universal has a little bit of a stake in this as well. Not as much as MGM, but they're they're helping out with the distribution. I don't think they helped out with the actual production, but. Uh, but uh no like mgm wanting to cover their bases it makes sense play hardball like you're it's clear their plan is to like no we want this in theaters because we're gonna get the theater money so i don't know i don't think this was a desperation thing from apple i i don't see it as that i just think apple saw an opportunity and just shot their shot you know so yeah i mean i don't blame them it's 007 it definitely would have gotten some views and almost everybody's got apple tv because people update their apple products all the time i'd be i'd be shocked to see like the ratio of like people on a trial like me because i just got a new phone versus people that are actually paying the five dollars for the service i'm paying five dollars for no i know i know you are i'm just saying i'd like to see the the the, the full macro like i get it dan i'm stupid move on <laughs> just buy a new just cancel it and then buy a new phone <laughs> no no i just got this phone paid off i'd love to be able to pay my phone bill for a couple months for 30 to 40 dollars less <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> really looking forward to that. <laughs> Fair I enough. got some stuff I'm going to do with that money, like buy a gumball every paycheck. <laughs> I'm not going to chew it. I'm going to save it up until I have a big like collection of them, and then I'm going to do something. <laughs> Let's chew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's the... Gumballs uh... also cost $40 now. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, onward to the next story. Uh, this one's... Actually, my plan is to go to St. Elmo's and ask for a $5 steak and get thrown out eight times per pay. <laughs> the guy that the the guy at the at the uh whatever the check-in table just rolls his eyes is just like oh crap he's back <laughs> he's like why does he keep coming here <laughs> okay this guy's back guys come on <laughs> <laughs> they they actually get a catapult and they're like just get in it <laughs> if we give you a steak will you stop doing this <laughs> sir if i give you attention will you knock it off yes <laughs> Okay, cool. Let's just rip off this band-aid. <laughs> um, all right. Well, next story. This is one that not only kind of ties in with this episode coming out right before Halloween. This uh, this is also really, really exciting news uh, for me because I'm such a big fan of this film franchise. Final Destination. The creator, Jeffrey Riddick, was doing an interview with Bloody Disgusting, the horror film website, and he brought up that he and supposedly Warner Brothers, because they had the right to uh, the original set of films, they are in talks to reboot the franchise. Ah, oh, this is so exciting. Um, to read what Riddick was quoted, uh, they were working on a new Final Destination, but that got pushed back because of COVID. Riddick also said... Uh, in a description of what he's thanks been Kathleen Kennedy. No, no. She, <laughs> I blame her for so much on the pod. What if I actually? She's like. She's, what if I actually was like, nah, 
You guys are all wrong about the cause of this. It's Kathleen Kennedy. She works for Disney. She doesn't work for Warner Brothers. <laughs> yes, she's the cause of something that would greatly harm her. <laughs> yeah. It's not the... It's not... <laughs> it's the Kathleen virus. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Wars Episode Nine came out in December. That's that is true. That, that is true. <laughs> it can, okay, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. <laughs> she was trying to get what my conspir my my TED talk this week. She was trying to shift blame from her to no. <laughs> I can't even do that with a straight face. Kathleen I, Kennedy, you're not at fault for anything. I'll tell you please, the joke. I'll tell you the please joke. Accept my apology. I'll tell you the joke. I was gonna say off mic. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Rick was quoted saying, "Quote: It's always if the formula's not broken, don't fix it." But my thing is that death has so many designs in my brain that it could be death could get us in so many ways. He also went on to say, we're toying with having it take place in the world of uh, first responders, EMT, firemen, and police. These people deal with death on the front lines every day and make choices that can cause people to live or die. We rely on their good judgment, expertise, and calm demeanor. So why not put those people in the nightmare situation where every choice can bring about life and death? But now for themselves, we're thinking about the uh, that the world might be in an interesting way. Or sorry, I didn't read that right. We're thinking that the world might be an interesting way into a Final Destination movie, and one which can also generate unique set pieces in a very credible way. He also finishes this quote by saying, "I don't think anybody will look at a revolving door in the same way again, dude." It okay, shooting if- out bullets and it's a revolver. A revolver door gun. If this means that... Uh, you don't like my joke? That was a good one. Say it again, sorry. It, the door starts shooting bullets and it's a revolver door. Ah, <laughs> it only gets six, though, so if you survive that, you're fine. <laughs> Dude, if this means that Jeffrey's actually coming back, like, Jeffrey did have a hand in, I believe, all of them, and at least a producing point, or a producer role, but he he definitely, he only directed... Uh, or he only like truly like wrote the first one and the second one. I think I don't remember if he actually wrote all of them, but let me put it this way. He's got to come back like Kim Kardashian in that one video. (laughs) God. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Deleted scene of Andy Dwyer from parks and rec. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, But no, he, uh, dude, him, him, him getting the green light to bring this franchise back. Um, I hope that they bring back, uh, James Wong to direct the film. Uh, I forgot to say, <laughs> um, they obviously can't bring back David R. Ellis because uh, he did just pass away uh, not too long ago, which is sad. But uh, oh my god, dude! You no, we've talked about this before. You haven't seen any of them, right? Seen what? The Final Destination films. What we're talking about? I've seen pretty much all of them. Oh no, you're you're right. I yeah, it's kind of the exact opposite of what you said. Like I've I've not I've not like seen every one of them so much i have them memorized but i've seen every single one of them at least one time on tv okay i i physically own the blu-rays of all of them because it's my favorite horror franchise of all time i think it's great even though you okay i'm gonna throw this out there this is some behind the scenes stuff with how close you live to me now that could realistically be a bonus episode series and you could just bring them like we could meet up and then just watch the movies every week Oh, I'm a hundred percent down for that. I I'm even pretty down for that because I'm actually excited to see not TV edit versions of these. Oh my god! I I don't love them like you. I really like them. I I, really, I think they're I think they're pretty solid, except for maybe the NASCAR one. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I love this franchise enough that I can say that the Final Destination, the fourth one, is utter dog. It is that is an an objectively terrible movie, but. The rest of the franchise, I genuinely love all these movies. I think it's a franchise that is so creative. The the kills generally are really, really creative, and they go all out with the gore. And I don't know why Warner Brothers stopped making these after uh, Final Destination 5 in 2011, because they're what I What I think it is, they're... is I really think mm-hmm. they, after 2007, they, with how scary the world was becoming... Where, like, you could die at any moment because of, like, what was going on in the world. Maybe they're like, you know what? Let's dial it down. <laughs> well, in 2007, they were two years away from the fourth one. And then 2011, they did the fifth one. And they're cheap. They're really cheap movies. They they only needed, like, it, it was less than $50 million to make 
all of them. And yeah, well, but not after, not two, after but... 2011, we could die at any moment, and we kind of knew it. Sorry, I'm really pessimistic, by the way. No, um, I. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so. I mean, I don't know. Like they, they all turned a profit. I remember looking up before. So I mean, whatever decision it was, I'm glad that Jeffrey's now saying that Warner Brothers is talking to him about doing this again. I, I, whatever, whatever comes about it, I, I. I liked I liked the statement of death has so many creative ways in my head. I'm like, you're terrifying. <laughs> like, the saw the saw people were like, oh yeah, we're edgy and dark, and this guy's like, ah, this, this is just like a fun time. Like, if this happens, when this happens though, the one thing that absolutely has to carry over into this reboot has to be Candyman, the guy that played Candyman. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, but the guy that played Candyman. Oh, the guy that's quote unquote death in this series. Yes, Candyman has to come back. Whatever you have to pay him, Candyman's got to come back. I I don't care. He's the through line through all these movies. They're like, yeah, it was actually shocking. It was shockingly easy to get him. It was just like a payday and a Snickers. Dude, yeah, he said he said working on those movies was also, really really I don't easy. Know. <laughs> Did we talk about it on the show? Um, I was at the store a couple weeks ago and I saw a. Ch- it was a chocolate covered payday bar, and I was like, isn't that just the Snickers? Uh, we, I don't think it was on mic. I think we talked about this off mic or if we, or we may have been like right before Yeah, taping. listeners, listeners, I'm actually asking you, like, please send us emails, messages, post something. Is a pay, is a chocolate covered payday bar just a Snickers? Because I'm under the impression it is. So why is it being sold separately? Is payday owned by a different parent company than Snickers? Dude, remember when we first I know I could Google show? this like right now and get this figured out really easily, but I don't want to. Fan and random. Remember when Remember when we first started the show and we tried to pose like a big question every single week and then we just kind of gave up on that after like a month. <laughs> no, we yeah, cuz then we shifted it to who do you want Nick Cage to be? Yeah. <laughs> you just made me think <laughs> We're of like, that we got a like, more important the question. question of the <laughs> yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. Um, the next story now. Moving on. Um, Nick, I am slightly changing the order a little bit, uh, just because uh, what was next on our list is actually t- actually ties into how we're going to close out the segment a little better. So why why the next do we thing prep? I do want to what is the point of prep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, why do we it's spend not a whole six new seconds. Th- <laughs> it's not a whole new topic. It's just slight reorder. Um. Is it a whole uh, new world? This... No, a whole new topic. A whole new world. <laughs> oh, what's the what's the? I always. Well, if if we ever get a soundboard on here, no. The other thing Ariel says. Uh, oh yeah, the the what's the word? Burn. I I just want her saying the word burn on a soundboard. because like, <laughs> I I think that's funnier than uh, Ashton Kutcher from Seventy Show going oh burn. <laughs> I saw, I think it was a robot chicken. Is he the robot chicken or family guy? When it was like, can you imagine their wedding night? Her and the prince. And it, it's just like, oh my God. And there's just a bunch of like eggs all over things. He's like, yeah, you're supposed to cover my egg sac and sperm. And he's like, this is disgusting. And this isn't what I signed up for. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Well, now that we got the laughs out of the way, a serious story. Um, Wait, actually, I got to ask something. Did anyone of significance die this week? Uh, no, not that I saw, no. <gasps> yeah! The air horn's like... Burr, 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 burr. Yeah, no. You can do we... that in post, right? Uh, sure, maybe. Probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, um, but yeah, no, the, uh, it's not a death, but, um, the death of somebody's reputation, let's say, um, for anybody that, uh, has been following the story, we haven't touched on it, uh, so much, uh, here on the show, but... A new development in um, Ray Fisher's uh, accusations against Justice League director Joss Whedon uh, took a really, really nasty turn this week. Um, Just a little precursor to what happened uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Ray Fisher, uh, back in the summer, had said that Joss Whedon had uh, uh, abusive tendencies, very difficult to work with, like... Not just, like, being an asshole on set, because, I mean, that's a given. Somebody's going to be. But 
this was like a, he used the words like abusive behavior when describing what it was like working with Joss Whedon uh, to fix up Justice League back in uh, they would have uh, yeah 2016 17 uh, whatever year it came out but um, there was an investigation then done by Warner Brothers where. Uh, they said Ray Fisher was uncooperative, but then Ray Fisher came out and said uh, why he was being uncooperative, quote-unquote, and uh, that was a whole mess in itself. Um, nobody looked really good in that situation, honestly, but part of why Ray Fisher has come out against, <clears throat> excuse me, come out against Joss Whedon is now because of Apparently, Joss Whedon wanted to digitally recolor an actor of color in post-production because their skin tone was too dark. Yikes. Just yikes. I don't... I don't know what else to say, dude. This is, like, next level. Like, there's a difference between being a jerk on set and then allegedly... Allegedly... I'm gonna say that again. Allegedly asking for this to happen in post-production. That is, that is really, really not okay. I mean, do you? I can't um, read your tone. Uh, I can't read your tone, uh, just like Joss, because he's incredibly tone deaf. Oh, oh, shots fired! That was clever. Yeah. Oh, dude. that deserves a. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna like dogpile on and stuff like that, but I'm just saying like, this is a really bad thing, like. Well, and it's not the first. Really no, I mean, bad. this is the first. This is the first accusation of something this bad. But I mean, I. It's easy to Google uh, that Joss Whedon's not actually that cool of a guy. Uh, there are things oh, really? that even go back. Yeah, there's there's things that go back even to, to Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the early thousands about him not exactly being the nicest guy or the coolest guy. But um, I was texting one of our friends of the show about it. Um, and I just, this is just next, this is next level, dude. This is so not okay. This is, this, this is, I don't know. This isn't like, I'm not, I'm not trying to make an apples and oranges comparison to like getting me too'd, but like, this, <laughs> is, just, this is just not okay. I Google Joss this is not a douche. There's a lot of hits. If this actually happened... Good God, I hope that he gets blackballed from Hollywood, because that is just unacceptable. That is just... I, I'm, I'm not... I, I'm kind of sick reading that. It's... I, I I mean, listeners, chime in if you... Um, if you have any notes on this that, like, maybe I haven't seen yet. I know this investigation is ongoing, and Ray Fisher, uh, he played Cyborg. I didn't say that earlier, but uh, he played Cyborg in the film. Um... He he's risking a lot of legal of legality to 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 speak it as he has like uh, with NDAs and stuff. But um, uh, man, if this is proven to be true, I I commend Ray for uh, not keeping his mouth quiet. If if Joss was actually as awful a person as Ray was saying he was, so um, I mean Oof. that's kind of all I have to say about it. <laughs> what douche. What did you see when you just Googled Joss Whedon, by the way? A lot of things about him being a douche. <laughs> like his ex-wife, <laughs> a bunch of stuff about Justice League, about him making an apology but still being a douche. I'm, I, I can't remember what that bad apology was for. Um, I remember seeing headlines, though, that, like, Joss Whedon's terrible at apologies. I just can't remember what it was for. Um, but anyway, there's not really any more of a need to kind of drag this out. Uh, Joss Whedon allegedly allegedly is a terrible person so we'll just uh let the courts play out with that if it gets to that point so or at least the court of public opinion so on a slightly happier topic we have three new trailers to talk about here in trailer talk we like to close out the the segment with trailer talk every week so what we got first is a not exactly a trailer it's more of like a behind the scenes kind of like teaser but it is for The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. It's the latest installment in The Conjuring, well, franchise, because it's Conjuring 3, but it's also the latest entry into The Conjuring Cinematic Universe that includes The Conjuring, Annabelle, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona, our pick for the worst film of 2019. And, 
I don't know. I I heard the rumors that this was getting made and now getting a little look behind it. Um, the story that they're talking about is really really interesting. Uh, the first uh the first time demonic possession was used as a defense for uh, a murder trial. Not gonna lie, I'm really intrigued with that being the 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 hook for the story this time around. Are you winning my opinion, or are you still like elaborating? No, no, no. I just wanted you to chime in there. Like, uh, what, what uh, did you think after we watched this little so, teaser? So, so when I when I watched the information, like behind the scenes thing, I didn't really listen to it that much because me and you were talking. Um, but I looked at it more. So that's a revelation to me that it's about that. I'm interested in the first time that that's used. Like, I think. Maybe not the Conjuring. I uh, I don't have much faith in this ser- uh, franchise or series anymore, um, especially after the two doozies we've watched for it. Um, Annabelle Annabelle three was not that bad. Still wasn't that good. Um, seriously, that carburetor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that carburetor. <laughs> um, but. I will say I I would be interested in seeing like if someone did like a legal drama like what we just watched for Trial of the Chicago Seven, but they're like, no, nah, this is about like like the someone claiming demonic possession and is this actually true and stuff like that. I think it'd be neat. Um, I don't really have faith in this. The only thing that I really remember was like that one lanky guy was kind of scary. The really like skinny arm and leg and tall guy that was scary or creepy looking. But other than that, I'm not. I, the the concerning thing to me is when they had. Uh, James Wan on camera, and he's like, yeah, you know, the guy, when we were doing Curse of La Llorona, I was like, this guy's got a really good feel for these kind of movies, and I was like, why would you think that? Yeah, that was... Michael Chavez is his name, or Chavez, I don't... I probably overspiced it, but, um... Yeah, Michael was the director of The Curse of La Llorona. He, you suck, Mike. James's word is... He's he's taking the mantle in James's words for uh, the series. Um, James still is like the head producer. He's like the Kathleen Kennedy or the 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 the, the Paul Feig or not Paul Feig, Kevin Feige of the Conjuring Cinematic Universe. Uh, and he has a writer's credit. Um, I did see here that he's got a writer's credit on this. So obviously, and we saw in the video, he's gonna be he was on set, uh, at least supervising, helping out uh, for so the it's not day that he's they abs- filmed this feature at. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's not absent. Was from he the there any of the other but... days? I don't know. True, fair, but and yeah, uh, his his producer credit was on the Nun and La Llorona, and neither of those turned out any good. So, but I, I, yeah, I if James was directing it, like actually directing it, I'd be more excited just because Conjuring one and two are are great horror movies. They are scary as hell, but I. I don't know. Just because Michael's directing it, that's the only reason I'm being semi-pessimistic about this. Uh, Vera, uh, Vera Farminga and Patrick Wilson coming back are actually big positives because they're they're great. Uh, they're, their cameos in Annabelle three were really nice too for that uh, for setting up like the story. I thought that was kind of cool that they came back for that. But seriously, his uh, car. <laughs> Do you remember anything else in that movie besides the car? Uh. I remember a specific shot really well, and it was when they had to walk around, like, uh, the, all the lights were out, and they had to walk around, like, some ghost that was standing in the middle of the room, and it didn't pay attention to him at the first time, but when they came back, it looked at him, it was kind of creepy. I remember I remember when uh, the coin ghost, like, the, she looked down at the like, coin on the floor, and then yeah, she... Yeah, I remember that one was creepy. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have in front of me who directed Annabelle three, but I mean, I, I mean, I liked it more than you. I thought Annabelle three was actually not that terrible. Like, I won't say great, but it was, it worked way more than it didn't, or at least I thought it did. It made me want to watch the other ones. Nope. But, <laughs> but that's kind of uh, getting away from Conjuring three. That is going to be coming out. Uh, Oh, I had the date in front of me. It's scheduled as of right now to come out uh, in the summer of 2021 still. So who knows with Corona what's going to happen, if that's going to get changed in any way or not. Probably will, but who knows. Um, So the second trailer that uh, we want to talk about is a brand new Netflix film. That's right. It is another Netflix film that is going to be coming out in December. 
it is the newest film from director and writer, or not writer, director and actor, excuse me, Mr. George Clooney. It is called The Midnight Sky, and this trailer came to my attention because I thought the trailer dropped last week, but last week, uh, we didn't talk about it on the show, but last week, Netflix put out a statement saying that George Clooney had just finished filming a brand new movie, and not only that, it is still targeting coming out this Christmas, to which me, I'm just like, oh my god, you're giving yourself literally two months to wrap up post-production on a movie you just finished filming this week. I, good luck. <laughs> so now we got the trailer and I mean, I, it looks, it looks okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I hope the film is more invigorating than the trailer was. Um, I don't usually dog a movie for, or a, a movie's trailer for really being Oscar Beatty that often, but this one definitely, I'm agreeing with you, Nick, it kind of does feel a little Oscar Beatty. But I, it's George Clooney. Uh, he's another one of those guys. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. I don't, I don't care what he's in. I'm gonna want to see it because it's George Clooney, sexiest man of 1995. Like, how could you not want to go see it? And that huge beard game he's got going on, dude. <laughs> I'm the reason I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I we we've elaborated it on the review that we already recorded, and we've talked about it many times before. I'm very politically uninvolved. I I don't care about politics either way. And I don't know a ton about George Clooney's personal life. The one thing I do know is how to word it nicely. George Clooney is kind of an eco dick. Um, he is one of wow, the that's the that... ni- that's the nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. From what I understand. And have heard of him in the limited exposure that I've had to him in this way is that he very much cares about the environment while simultaneously thinking he's better than you for caring about the environment. Hmm. I, I don't know the, I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously we don't know him on a personal level. I, I mean, if it, he's if he about, is... He comes over for a barbecue every weekend. Oh, that's right. I got, I was just too drunk that last time to remember. <laughs> Man, you, get the env- you get the invite every week. <laughs> I'm like, hey, why don't you come over? Bring the potato salad, and I'll provide the animals. Meat. That sounds weird. I don't... I know George Clooney is very passionate about the environment. I think that's the nicer way to say it. Um... <laughs> I, he's, he's got a little bit of philanthropy that he does on the side. Um, I also know that he's very involved with, uh, or he was very involved with, um, like the Darfur crisis, like, uh, the, and just civil unrest that's going on in Africa. He's, he is a very, uh, philanthropic person. Um, I don't, I mean, if he is kind of not a nice person, I, I haven't seen anything like that. Not to say you're wrong, but I just, I, I personally haven't seen anything like that. So, but, um, I, yeah, this movie it definitely seems like this movie was conceived and m- made with a relatively quick turnaround. Yeah, um, it just it, if to it me, was movie, coincidental. I'm I'm not excited about it because this movie just screams, "I'm George Clooney and I care about the environment and I'm better than you for it." I I'm curious how preachy it's going to be too, because um, I don't mind if a movie's got a message. I just don't want it to be like super duper preachy. Like he didn't really have creative control over like Tomorrowland, but. Uh, it makes me think of Tomorrowland, where, good God, that movie was pre-chi. And it was a kid's movie, too. I was like, good Lord, like, tone it down a little bit. Like, I know, it's a, I know it's a kid's movie, so you have to be a little blunt, but, like, good Lord, you're hitting people, like, over the head with a frying pan with your take-care-of-the-earth message in that movie. Like, <laughs> and then it was a little, uh, it was a little, uh, what's the right word for it? It was a little uh, elitist also. Like, it was very, very, like, let the smart people be smart, but in a much meaner way than the way I just said it. (laughs) (laughs) Let the smart people be Uh, smart. By the way, I'm one of the smart people, and you're not. That's the the impression I get from him about what he feels about the environment. I, yeah, I, we'll see. It doesn't look bad. I mean, as a director, the movie looks fantastic. He clearly knows what he's doing behind the camera. 
but uh, I don't know. We'll see. It's got a good cast. It's got David Ayaleo and um, the girl from Rogue One, um, Felicity or Felicity Jones. I think that's Felicity her name. Jones. Or I maybe that's not her name. I probably said it wrong, but whoever she's from Rogue One, and then Keith uh, Urban. Yeah, <laughs> Keith Urban. Oh, that'd be awesome. Nicole Kidman is married to him. I'm surprised she hasn't convinced him to be in a movie. And but anyway, yeah, but I, oh. I got nothing on that. <laughs> I don't know what you want me <laughs> to say for, after that. Thanks for hanging me out Dan. to dry. <laughs> like you're like I got anyway. an alley oop for you, and I'm like I'm at half court behind you. Just like I'll be there in a second. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Joseph, one. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> Tonguey. Wah! Oh my god, we need to do Kung Pao for the show. Ugh, that'd be so great. I really want uh, Kung Pao chicken. Anyway. Ooh, I actually had orange chicken for lunch today. It was very, very good. Where'd you get it from? Not that it has, uh, my freezer, but it was oh. P.F. Chang branded. Oh. Uh, yeah, I just... Where you're, where yeah, you're living at now, I, I, I know we don't give away, like, where you're living at right now, but where you're living at right now, there's a Chinese restaurant that I really like. I don't actually. I don't even oh, know if it's still um, open. I was gonna say. I think I know what you're talking about, and I thought it did close. Y Y and K. Yeah, yeah. I thought. I think they did close. Ah, really? I think. I think he. I think he closed. I don't know. I haven't gone over there, but I thought I saw someone share on Facebook that it closed. Aww. Well, is and then one, uh, the, is it one the word or two? Closed. I'm looking it up right now. The garden—it's uh, two words, but the garden's closing too in the mall. Yeah, but that mall sucks. Hey, the Mexican restaurant in there is awesome. So I've actually never ate at that mall, uh, or that Mexican restaurant in the mall. My mom—I remember there's like some that restaurant either someone there's like a health code violation or someone we knew got very sick eating there. That's why I'm making sure to not say that name. Um. But we know. Oh, I, I was about never... to. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm specifically not saying the restaurant name for that, but Yiki Restaurant. Uh, Let me see. Yeah, it says I thought they're Yiki open. Closed. Are, are they? Oh no! Wait, hang oh. on a second. I was gonna say, I swear to God, like a couple months ago, like maybe back in like May or June, one of one of our friends shared that it closed. No, the from what I see, it's still open. Oh, sweet. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll check it out here in the next day or two. Um, like but anyway, page. That, like. anyway, we got just one last trailer to talk about to wrap this up. Listeners, wrap it up if you remember, like you should if you're hitting it with your wood. That's supposed to be some song about like. Say sex rap. <laughs> you sing that like it was on Sesame Street. Like, <laughs> like it's like some kids. You want me jingle. to do it like Elmo? <laughs> you want me to do it like Elmo? <laughs> sure. Like you would if you were gonna hit it with you would. <laughs> the leader of the dairy is condom. Stop tickling Elmo! Stop tickling! <laughs> don't tickle I think it Elmo went too like far. that. I think the please don't think tickle Elmo like far. that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kermit and Piggy and Elmo. <laughs> How many are in your wallet? One ah uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> and they open up zero. That's alarming oh, oh no. aren't, you, aren't you not supposed to carry those in your wallet i don't know i i want to talk about this last trailer <laughs> okay i can't rem i can't remember i think you're right though <laughs> Whew, all right compose yourself <laughs> oh man so anyway sticking with the halloween theme ironically uh the last Transition. trailer that we have to talk about <laughs> yeah, 
there's no there's no graceful way to go to this trailer after what we just talked about um <laughs> so let's just dive let's just dive into it uh, if you all remember halloween got a reboot back in i want to say 2017 maybe it was 2018 but it was from the the team that brought us the comedy series eastbound and down the righteous gemstones and uh there was another uh observe and report a film that we did for the show um oh uh vice principals that was the other thing i was trying to say that show was hilarious too um but anyway that team brought us a halloween reboot two years ago and now the sequel halloween kills dropped a teaser trailer uh just in time for real halloween to remind us that the sequel is still happening it's coming out literally a year from now on i want to say october 21st 2021 it's got all the cast. It's the same director, same writers, including Dane McBride. What did you take away from this trailer? Um, so the Halloween series, I've not seen very many of them. I think I've only seen the first two. I'd, I'm not huge on slasher movies. Um, but I did mean, did you see the Rob okay. Zombie ones? No. Very much no. Okay. I had I remember saying like, <laughs> I really don't want to see these. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying my impression of them when they were coming out is like that looks awful. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen the original one and two, both of the Rob Zombie ones, and then uh, the reboot that just came out too. I, yeah. So I've seen five of them. I've I've really only seen one and two. I'm not huge on slasher movies, but I will say of the slasher movies I've saw, my favorites are the Halloween series. And I actually I wanted to see the Halloween one that came out like two years ago. Um, I'm excited. I, I actually am kind of excited for this one. I like I said, I've I don't want to say a soft spot, but like the ones I've seen, I've liked. I understand that they get kind of hokey after a certain point. Um, but H2O I'm, is a masterpiece, you monster. <laughs> or maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm completely uh, kidding. I'm, I'm interested. I think it looks neat. Is that the one with Busta Rhymes? I think that one did have Busta Rhymes in it. I th- I think it was. I know it had he some. Like or if not, if he it starts w- like doing kung fu. It was that or LL Cool J, maybe. I can't remember. I know it had some famous rapper in H two O. Ooh. If you want to Google that. No, I think LL Cool J is Deep Blue Sea. Because oh no, that's Busta right. Rhymes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- oh, okay, Busta yeah. Rhymes because LL Cool one, yeah, or the Halloween one, yeah. Yeah, because Cool J had that terrible shark rap at the end of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the 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 one that David Gordon Green did. Uh, the one that just came out. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal director. I watch any. I'll watch anything that he directs. Um, he and Danny McBride and um, there's another writing partner they have. They wrote the screenplay for the last one. They're writing this one also. Uh, the cast was great. Uh, they got the original Michael in the last one, and he's coming back again. They're shooting this, and uh, the third one. Uh, I can't remember what the third one's called. It was like Halloween Kills, and then Halloween uh, spills, Halloween oh, thrills, Halloween chills, Halloween bills, Halloween I... landfills, Halloween. Let me see. Um, yeah, Halloween Kills is twenty twenty one, and then the third one is uh that's funny that's a fan-made poster because that says uh 2020 halloween ends that's it that's what the third one's (laughs) gonna be in 2022 why don't they just call it november (laughs) november first it's gonna be november (laughs) it's gonna be november or no wait wait (laughs) it's gonna be nov (laughs) yeah keep the he's gotta keep the awkward pause it's gonna be no (laughs) (laughs) and he loses the sexy voice and it's it's gonna be now ember yeah (laughs) uh but yeah no i just i don't know it's it's it for guys for all of you that haven't watched it yet it's like 90 seconds long it's really short you get to see an image of like michael myers actually mask i really liked um in the initial teaser where they're in the back of the truck i actually really like that one let it burn Oh yeah, and it spoiled the end of the the first one for you because you hadn't seen that one. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'd seen I'd seen the Cinema Snob or Nostalgia Critic review of it, so 
I knew. Oh, uh, I knew he got locked in the bottom of the house and set on fire. Yeah, and obviously that doesn't work because Michael is literally indestructible. Um, can you, I personally, okay. I do. Just can you imagine? Okay, who you should definitely wanna, who, watch it. It is. It is very, very brutally violent. Like it's not just like what, scary. Like you see Michael do some horrific violence in that movie. <laughs> would Michael Myers die in Thanos' snap if he was one of the fifty percent actually selected to die? Like, would he dissolve away? I mean, prob- probably. I feel like, I feel like he probably would die. But I, he doesn't I don't know. die. Interesting. I know that's what's co- that's what's confounding. That's that's about as perplexing as uh, if a tree falls in the forest, did it make a sound? Yeah, I it don't did. know. Would he be imperfect? It did because George Clooney's there no, to tell we... you that nature's dying. And that no, this needs to you. be. We need to make this a poll. We need to make this a poll question. Would Michael Myers survive the snap? I think that's a I think that'd be a great poll. And then next week we can uh, reveal the results. Stripper poll. <laughs> no, that's no, I'm going to make you see a decree. Ms. Piggy I'll on figure it. I'll figure I'll figure it out, listeners. By the time you're hearing this, I may have already figured it out. If not, uh, just keep an eye out for it. Uh, yeah, Did, would Michael Myers survive the snap if he was just predetermined to be in the fifty percent? I like that. Or do you have to get so elaborate, like with death in Final Destination? Dude, imagine a Freddy versus Jason, but it's Michael Myers versus Final Destination's death. Ooh, actually. Imagine uh, a Final Destination trying to kill Thanos before the snap, using Michael Myers as the killer. That would just be Michael Myers, like just trying to stab him. There's no Rube Goldberg element to it. I was trying. Unless, to like, you. that'd be funny though. If like Thanos sees a marble, like knock over some dominoes, and then some dominoes like cause a fire, and then a fire like drops a piece of wood and Michael Myers is on top of the piece of wood and he just falls on Thanos and starts stabbing him. <laughs> and then Michael Myers, like, he's like, by the way, I'm one of the infinity stones. <laughs> He'd have to talk. He'd have to talk for that. Never mind. You ever heard his Michael first, Myers talk? He's like, I'm one of the infinity stones. His first words ever spoken were, I'm the death stone. And then he stabs Thanos in the neck. <laughs> no, wasn't, wasn't his first words ever spoken in one of the Rob Zombie ones and it's, Die! I can't, I barely remember those movies. I just know that they were very, very, very creepy and very, very violent. I don't remember. And it, and it really messed with the lore, too. Like, it really kind of, like, made the lore, like, really, really messed up. Like, not just kind of sad. Like, it was just really upsetting and disturbing. But I I don't remember very, very specifically how that movie was, because it's been, like, ten years. <laughs> I did not take a date to that movie, by the way. I saw both of those by myself. <laughs> My God. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine taking to a girl to that movie and be like, I want to see you covered in blood. She's like, what? Huh? Oh, I I, I was asking you if you like this movie. <laughs> Remember when we went to a horror movie and we went and saw Scream 5 and you thought I was going to get us thrown out of the movie theater for how much I was laughing? I, wasn't that Killer Joe? Did we see Scream Five together? No, we saw Scream Five together. It was at the it was at the AMC in our hometown, and it was packed. It was packed, and I remember laughing a bunch. But the scene that really threw you, like, actually made you say, "I need you to stop this," is the scene where he's like, the one guy's like, get it, gets stabbed in the face. I started laughing really hard, and you're like, Nick, I legitimately think we might get kicked out because you're laughing. Please knock it off. Oh yeah, when Anthony Anderson gets stabbed in, uh, stabbed in the face. That's yeah, right. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, I I forgot we saw that together. I yeah. I remember we saw. I know we saw Fast Five together, and I know we saw Killer Joe together. I can't Fast remember. Fast Five, just like I just like Leonardo. Like, damn. Did you see that old uh, old uh, Mopar lineup where it had the Dodge and then it had a Plymouth? Man, that that was amazing. And you're like. Did you not see the two smoke show women that were on screen? I was like, yeah, I mean, they were there, but like, do you see the cars? <laughs> oh, and man. that's when I, Daniel that was... knew that Nick really liked cars. I'm Morgan Freeman. <sighs> bling, bling, you grow some freckles. 
Well, I guess with that then, uh, I don't really. We don't have any other stories to talk about. Like, like we said before, we thankfully one. nobody died. We huh? got one. It's very involved with the show. It's about next week, especially on mostly on Thursday. Dan and our ever continuing coverage of Sports Month has agreed he's going to come watch. He's going to come watch a football game. Now this football game it's very crucial to the show. Once again, the 49ers are playing the Packers. It's a huge game. It's got even more. It's a rematch of the rematch of the NFC Championship game. It's got huge ramifications, more than just the game. The loser, the team, I'm going to start that sentence over. The person whose team <laughs> loses has to buy the person whose team wins a hat. We got a hat bet, people. It's going down. Yes, yes. I know we're, yes, we are a film podcast, but yes, we will let you all know how that goes. Uh, because, yes, sports are important to us. We know they're not important to you because you didn't pick this for a sports podcast but also yes, we won't we won't dr- we won't drown you in the stats or anything like that but we will let you Dan, know who yeah if dan's team beats my team three times in two years i'm gonna have a talking with him <laughs> so did i ever did I, did I ever tell you did i ever tell you that i have no say over this team <laughs> <laughs> i know because you're so hurt um did i ever tell you when the <laughs> nfc championship happened i almost proposed a bet that the winner had to buy the or the <clears throat> the loser had to buy the winner the, the locker room hat and shirt and i decided not to very last minute no i don't remember this i i <laughs> nearly before that just horrendous game i nearly texted you and said hey what if the loser buys the winner the conference hat and t-shirt uh uh, as as a as a bet, and then I, like at the last minute, I decided not to. And thankfully, I yeah, and lucky, I would have had to buy you a hat and T-shirt. Yeah, you would have you would have had to have dropped like a hundred dollars because that's how expensive that crap is. <laughs> not. Oh I bought, man, I bought I bought several of those in recent times. They're they're the hats are a little more expensive than normal, but the T-shirts are actually like right around like the twenty five thirty dollar threshold. Okay, so like. 60 ish roughly okay yeah yeah no it's yeah 60 ish yeah but (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) but yeah people we got a hat bet for next week and dan's coming up by the way just so you know just so you know we're having uh tater tot nachos for when you're up here for dinner so you have dinner planned out literally you have yeah kelsey kelsey makes a menu kelsey makes like a menu for the week and we like plan out like it's for grocery shopping so we know like what groceries to get so the oh. night she's and I was like, well, we could do we should do tater tot nachos one night. And then since you're coming up, we decided to do it that night because it's a it's a party food. So it's uh, it's tater tots. Uh, we're going to cook hamburger with taco seasoning, uh, getting lettuce, uh, cheese and uh, sour cream. And we've got some salsas and stuff. It's really good. I get this uh, a lot when we go to ball games in St. Louis. I know. you. Yeah, I know. You've you've told me before about the tater tot nachos. Like that being a tradition, that's exciting. yeah. That's that's, that's that stuff's so good. I will bring I will bring the drinks then, since you're more than supplying the food. I will make sure yeah. that we are sufficiently liquidated. Okay, that's not the right word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a going out of business sale here at Brownie Points. Why don't Why don't you do me a favor and lose the game so you can liquidate me a hat? <laughs> I don't know. I I was if you asked me before they beat the Patriots who was going to win, I would say you, but now really I have no idea. I don't yeah, know what dude, I don't a, know what I don't know what version boot, of my team's going to show up. <laughs> a boot could beat the Patriots this year. See, I don't know. I know your team's going to be good. Your the, team is the question's good. been answered. It seems like Tom it seems like Tom Brady was was a linchpin to that team winning because of how good his team's doing and how bad Belichick's team's doing this year. Well, okay, your team I'm, I'm gonna listeners i'll wrap this up real quick for any of you that are still here uh your team is insanely good my team is very hit and miss because I know. we've been dis- we've been destroyed by the injury bug so we've beaten teams but I, it's a, so i don't know i don't know which thing, my teams is going to show up it's the thing with the thing with my team this year like last year i was excited because i was like oh my god this shouldn't be this good and I, I had my doubts going into this year, but, like, as good as they're doing, I've actually let myself believe, like, oh, my God, like, we are actually, like, an insanely good team. 
I hope. Knock on wood. No, you guys, I, I, I think you guys are. And I'm mad because my team should be good, but we got 15 players sent on uh, injured reserve. So that's kind of not the formula to, to win. So the fact that... Also, thank you, MetLife Stadium. Uh, uh, don't even know. We're we're wrapping this up. I I I don't want to talk about Wrap that. Wrap it up horrific. like you would if you were gonna hit it with your wood. <laughs> no, we're wrapping this up. We're well past all the news we have, and yes, we will let you know who will be wearing a new hat next week, listeners. Uh, so we're gonna take a very brief break, and then when we come back, we'll remind you the movies because <laughs> this is a movie podcast. Uh, the movies that we'll be covering for this week. And we'll that right kickoff back. is at 825. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, that is it for our Brownie Bites. That's <laughs> it for our Brownie Bites news episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening in. Thank you, Isla Murphy and a few gay for the bumper music. We very much appreciate it as always. This week, we have two movies as always to talk about. The first one is not in theaters again. Uh, we just have not really a compelling case to go back to the theaters as of right now. So what we're gonna do is watch a new movie on Apple TV Plus. We haven't used Apple TV Plus since July, uh, back when we saw Greyhound, but now. A new Sofia Coppola film is on there. It stars Bill Murray and Rashida Jones. It is On the Rocks. Uh, it's a comedy. Hopefully it's funnier than the last streaming comedies that we've watched. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to be checking out first. Uh, and yeah, again, it's Apple TV+. Plus. Hopefully you all have it. Uh, if not, I, I mean, still tune in. But don't blame me if you don't, because you couldn't watch the movie. But <laughs> that's your problem, not ours. Nick, remind everybody where we're going to be going for our trip into the time machine. I don't know what streaming service, but we're going to check out a nineties Robert De Niro film that I have never seen, but I've seen a bunch of parodies of, and I've always really wanted to see it. We're going to see the remake of Cape fear. It is on Netflix from 93. Oh, I think I'm actually wrong on that. Let's early nineties one. It's early 90s. I can say that with certainty. But yeah. uh, once again, you neglect to say that it is a Martin Scorsese picture. <laughs> Just wait till I actually find out. It's in one of the reviews you're going to hear. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, it's Juliette Lewis also. It's a classic. I've actually not seen this one either. It's like one of the two or three Scorsese films I've actually never seen either. So super huh. excited to watch it. It is on Netflix uh, at least as of this taping, hopefully it doesn't disappear. Last I checked, it wasn't, but uh, but yeah, with the new month turning over relatively soon, who knows? It may have just not been on the list and then get pulled, but fingers crossed, knock on wood. That's where we should be taking the time machine is to the early 90s for Cape Fear. And then, again, our new release film is on Apple TV Plus exclusively. It's the Sofia Coppola film on the rocks. Nick, let the listeners know where they can reach out to us in the meantime. Facebook, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema, Instagram, Brownie underscore points underscore guide, and Twitter at Brownie underscore cinema, as well as Brownie Points Guide to Cinema at gmail.com. Send us Brownie Bites ideas, whether they are countdowns to do, topics to discuss, movie trailers to review, or movies you want us to review, whether they are new releases or time machines in theaters, at home, streaming, or if you have to get a DVD or VHS. Um, also, leave us reviews on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, Five-star reviews, whatever the highest review you can give us is the best way to help us grow, and it breaks through some algorithms. I'd love to start reading some reviews on podcasts, and this is where I would do it if I had some. Um, but also, <laughs> keep an eye out for some of the stuff that we were talking about. Uh, I remember earlier we asked people to email in on something. I don't remember what that was, um, but send us stuff on that, and then Dan said something about uh, a viewer poll. So... That's on you, Dan. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, a lot, a lot of love to all the uh, the hundreds, literal hundreds of people that uh, really liked the post that we made about uh, for a few dollars more. Uh, that was very, very uh, shocking and touching to see so many people like something I made in a very basic Instagram template. But <laughs> uh, thank you so much uh, for that, guys. Um, 
We will always be here in your ears on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor.com, and all other major podcasting platforms. Uh, it's 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 really kind that you guys take the time to listen to us, uh, especially with everything that's going on. Um, now, now take the time to review us. Yeah, yeah, yes. Mash that subscribe button, all that jazz. Give us uh, your sprinkles. Give it. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, it's... Times are crazy right now. Um, I know if you guys are listening to this, uh, the day it drops, we're two days away here in the United States from the election. Good luck. May the better candidate win. If your guy wins, congratulations. If he loses, uh, our deepest sympathies. Uh, (laughs) We're not a political podcast. We're not going to get into that. But we would be remiss to ignore the fact that that's happening, Um, especially with the coronavirus still happening as well. So just... Be kind. Continue to be kind to each other, guys. Be considerate. Open your ears and your hearts while putting on your gloves and wearing your damn masks. We are going to be okay. No matter what happens this week, we're going to be okay, guys. Everything has a light at the end of the tunnel, and just believe it. We're going to get there. So, with that, that is all we got for this episode. We'll catch you next time. So... With the election coming up and the Mandalorian coming out, am I able to write in a vote for Baby Yoda? Technically, yes. Technic, yeah, you can you can write in whoever you want. That's why they call it a write in. <laughs> Baby Yoda, twenty twenty. <laughs> I, I, I would definitely consider that for a vote. <laughs> I thought you were like, I would definitely not do that. <laughs> We didn't set the price tag. No. <laughs> it, it was always burning since the world's been turning. Who lit our price tags on fire? Oh, dear God, there's no way out this building. <laughs> <laughs>